Libs, yes. Libs of TikTok on Twitter is one of the greatest accounts of all time. You know, liberals of TikTok videos exposing the things the left is trying to push on our youngest of kids. Inside classrooms where your children are being taught, hospitals where your loved ones are being treated. You know, I've got to give thanks to, to one of my favorite Twitter accounts because it's one of the most important accounts on Twitter. Libs of TikTok. Explain to me what Libs of TikTok is. So Libs of TikTok basically... All right, folks, uh, welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. It is Thursday. We're on a glide path to the weekend. And by the way, I'll talk about this at the end again. Steve Bannon joins us tomorrow for what I imagine is going to be some red meat. Steve never disappoints. Leave me your comments. Let me know what you think we should bring up with him. Uh, Subjects, questions, ideas, thoughts, comments. We're going to cover it all with him tomorrow on the show. Before we get to that, though, I want to... I, you know, I talk a lot about the media. I want to play for you how the media is reacting to Donald Trump because I ne- you need to see them in their own words freaking out because this is who's covering, who's communicating what's happening in America and our politics and among one of our leading candidates to the rest of the country and the world. Take a look at this. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president. Um, it, it, because if he is, you can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America and shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the first lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. Rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day, a couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable. You can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICER, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's fourpatriots.com, includes that Patriot power generator. You'll get a uh, that guarantee for a year, free shipping if it's over 97 bucks, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans, right? That's great. So go to fourpatriots.com, use code SPICER, for Patriots.com, you do not want to be without power in case something happens. There's a uh, a piece out this morning from the former editor of the New York Times 
who talks about how crazy the New York Times is. He says they're not even biased. They've lost any sense of, of being objective. And this is a guy who ran the editorial page. He was a reporter or bureau chief and then ultimately the editorial page editor. This is him saying that they can't be objective. And then you just heard their words. But this is the filter through which so many Americans get their information. Now, we're going to have a great conversation in a moment with Haya Rachik, who is the founder and person behind Libs of TikTok. So whether you follow Libs of TikTok, Grabian, the Media Research Center, independent media is so crucial to understanding what's happening in America right now. Because like I said, for so many people, they wake up to turn on the morning news. They might go on Apple News to get a bunch of the highlights, but this is all they're getting. And it's not just what they cover and how they cover it, which is horrible. It is horrible. I mean, think about right now what's happening with Joe Biden and, and impeachment and what he said about Hunter. First, it was like, I don't even know Hunter. Who's this Hunter kid? Now it's, hey, I didn't have any financial interest in his business dealings on Tuesdays and Fridays. They have changed the narrative and yet the media doesn't call out any of it. Think about the idea that he met yesterday with all of these, the, the families of the hostages, the Americans that are in Gaza, which is great. He met with them for two hours. But a couple of days before, he snubbed them from a request to come to the Hanukkah party at the White House. He said, no, you're not invited. And yet the media ignored how he treated them then because again, it didn't fit with the narrative. Think about how they're covering the president of Harvard, not just her comments on genocide, but the multiple app, uh, accusations and instances of plagiarism. And now they're like, oh, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, she was going to fix it. She was going to fix it. But these are the people responsible for sharing our news. And it's also what they don't cover. All of these examples, because it doesn't fit in their interest. And that's the thing. And so I, I'm excited about this conversation that we're going to have with Haya because there are people out there exposing them and giving you what they say in their own words, the way that that clip just showed you what the media says every day and what they feel. If that's what they feel about Donald Trump, do you really think they can be objective? I don't think so. So without further ado, I wanna bring in Haya Rachik, who is the founder and the person behind Libs of TikTok. Chaya, thanks for joining us, great to see you. Sean, it's great to be here with you. You know, uh, you and I, the last time we saw each other was in person. We both have books out by Brave, children's books, uh, and, and we got to go do that library thing. So it's it's good to see you again, at least virtually. Yeah, yeah, that was fun, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's, we, we might have a different definition of fun. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm being nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. So um, before we get started, because I think there's some issues of the day that I think I want to touch base with you on. For those people who are watching, and I did a brief introduction but like explain to me what Libs of TikTok is. So Libs of TikTok basically just takes uh, the left in their own words, uh, mainly from TikTok, um, although we do report on a lot of other stories. But basically, we just expose what they themselves are saying um, and we expose any kind of wokeness or insanity or hypocrisy on the left um, in, in schools and in hospitals and in institutions and in companies and anything. Yeah, I, I'm going to get to that in a little bit more about the work that you guys do, but I wanted people to understand first and foremost, if they, they're not familiar with it, the beauty of it that I love is that it's literally drives the left nuts that you just repost their, their own <laughs> words. And they're like, how dare you tell us what we said? Yeah. Um, but I'll get back to that in a second because I want to go through a few of the big issues of the day. I mean, you posted about this issue, the Boston mayor, Michelle Wu, had her staff send out an invitation to a holiday party. 
And the city council said, thank you. Okay, we're excited to come. And then her staff sent out a subsequent email and said, no, 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 sorry about that. No white people allowed. So so her her staff sent out an email to all the council members about this Black-only holiday party. Um, it happens to be that the majority of the council members are actually white. So there are seven white council members and six non-white. Um, but anyways, they sent out an apology email about like, you know, a couple of minutes later when they realized, and they didn't apologize that they were making a segregated holiday party. They apologized that the white council members found out, which, you know, I think that's like the most insane part of the story. The, the party still took place. Um, it was only for black people, um, but they're just upset that we found out. And, which, and the worst part is Michelle Wu is not black. I mean, it, yeah. I mean she's, she's a person of color, obviously. <laughs> but, but the thing that was so interesting to me is that like, you're using tax dollars and, and tax resources, the staff, to invite people. And then I, I guess the thing is, once you make the mistake, you go, okay, well, you're still all council members. So it won't look that awkward that you're all invited to this. But then to de-invite them because of the color of their skin. And no, and like, I, I think it's interesting to me. I mean, I know you pushed it out, a couple other people, but there's no outrage. I mean, again, this is one of those issues where if you insert one color or one religion or one whatever for another right now, people would be going nuts. But because it fits with the liberal narrative, it's okay. You can exclude certain people. But I, I just, again, the hypocrisy of exposing them, you would think would do something. And yet very little like outrage uh, from, from anyone except for people on the right. Well, because this is what they truly believe and they stand by it. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like if, if you can switch out the word black for white and then it sounds awful, then it's probably awful the other way around too. Um, but I think it's just another case of the Democrats showing their true colors. I mean, they're the party of of racists. Well, staying in the Boston, the greater Boston area, you've got the president of of Harvard, Claudine Gay, and who couldn't define genocide or things that broke the Harvard Code of Conduct. Elise Stefanik in questioning her is basically saying, hey, take the word Jew out, put black, whatever, would that constitute it? She can't answer the question, 500 staff and faculty members at Harvard rushed to her defense. Again, no outrage. They stand by her. And yet, I, again, to the point of this, it's, it's, it's very similar. It's like, take the word Jew out and put black and people would be going nuts. I just, I, you know, I say this every once in a while that I, I can't believe that it's happening, right? And then people will say, how, how can you not? But I didn't realize, I, I just assumed because the high proportion of Jewish Americans that vote for Democrats, that there would be some cover for them, that, that, that the left would be all there. And it's amazing to see these guys leave them high and dry at a time that it's not just about Israel and, and Hamas, it's their, the danger that they're under here in America. Yeah, and and uh, to your point, there was there was actually a, a video that went around, I don't know if you saw it, I could send it to you after, but someone actually used AI and, and switched out in Elise Stefanik's um, and, and the president's testimony, switched out the word Jew for, for, for black, for, um, for Muslim, and for, for a couple others. So you can actually see what it sounds like um, when the president of Harvard is saying that calling for the genocide of Jews basically doesn't violate policy. Um, but with any other group. And it's bad. I mean, it's bad for any group. Um, so so that, that was really powerful, um, to your point. 
But I think, I mean, I will say that I have actually been surprised by some Democrats, um, like John Fetterman. <laughs> um, so I do, I do give credit where it's due. Um, right. I think that, I think you're right that there is this massive, um, like sort of anti-Semitic, um, faction of the, of the Democrats. It, it, it's, it, it's funny. Like, so when I was in the Trump administration, there was uh, a bunch of, of religious sites that were being attacked and vandalized. And I would get questions in the briefing room and saying, what's President Trump doing to stand up to anti-Semitism? And I would point to these things that he had done or his policies or whatever, and it was never good enough. And, and I just sit back and I get a kick out of the fact that this White House held, I mean, the president flew to Pennsylvania the other day, then he held a Hanukkah party. And there's not one question, there's not one need to respond to these three elite presidents that can't define, can't call out genocide, can't call out attacks on Jews in the United States, and he gets away with it. And it's amazing to me that I, I think at some level, so many of these reporters are Jewish, and I watch them online, and they'll call stuff out, and yet they don't have a problem with this administration sitting silent and not addressing this. And the idea that, again, with Trump, it was always this tangential, like connect the dots, like, well, but he did appoint this guy who once said this in nursery school, who did this before, whose uncle did this crazy thing. And there was always an attempt to link everything bad back to Trump somehow. And yet here's Biden, silent, as he holds events in the state where the president of UPenn was, where the Democratic governor, Josh Shapiro, called it out himself. And then he holds a Hanukkah event where he gives comments and people are interacting with him and nothing. And no one's like going and, and holding Corinne Jean-Pierre's feet to the fire in these briefings. And I guess, I, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be that surprised, but at least in some of the videos that you've called out over the past, the idea was to expose them and they it, it struck a nerve. Now it doesn't even seem to strike a nerve. I mean, media hypocrisy will never surprise me. It's kind of expected at this point. Um, but Corrine was asked in a briefing about the anti-Semitism. And then she pivoted and was like, yeah, Islamophobia. Is Islamophobia. For that. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, I think it was, is it shocking? Yes. Like when you hear the words, it's like, wait, what? Um, but it's expected. And, and I think that um, this just, just to, to bring this into like, you know, Twitter and free speech and everything. Um, I think that it's part of the reason why they are so terrified of Elon and of Twitter and of free speech, because we don't, we're, we're not relying on the media anymore because like anyone can be an ind independent journalist. We don't need the mainstream media. I think they lost a lot of their power. Um, and then we have people like me and you and so many others who have uh, big platforms who can call out this kind of hypocrisy um, from the White House, from Biden, from the media. Um, so, so I I think that um, I think that their their power is waning. Um, so even though they keep doing it and it's, it's totally expected at this point, um, it doesn't even it doesn't have as much as, uh, of an effect as it used to. All right, if you've been watching the show for a while, you know about my friend Leo Grill. Leo is the founder of Delta Rescue. You can see all the work he's doing at deltarescue.org. But Leo's story with rescuing animals goes far back. He had rescued a Doberman that was very unhealthy, very undernourished. Leo brought it in and he now named the dog Delta. And the thing is, 
it wasn't just out of thin air. Delta stands for dedication and everlasting love to animals. And if you know anything about what Delta Rescue's done, I've told you, go to deltarescue.org, look at the videos, look at the work that they're doing. It's the largest no-kill sanctuary in the world. If you are an animal lover, you love what Delta Rescue's doing. Um, the thing about Delta Rescue is, I've told you before, all of the great work they do is because of the donations of people like me and you. Five bucks, ten dollars, a hundred, whatever. When you go to deltarescue.org, you can contribute. But more importantly, if you're a real animal lover and you care about the work that these guys do by giving that no-kill sanctuary for life, you can support them by making them part of your estate and helping them make this an enduring mission for Leo and everyone else at Delta Rescue. Go to deltarescue.org, check out that estate planning guide, look at the video, see the work that you'd be supporting, download it and think about making that part of your estate going forward, deltarescue.org. When you started posting videos and comments that people on the left had said, what, what was your intention? What was your goal by doing that? So honestly, when I first started, um, if I had known that it would turn into this massive movement and I would become a massive independent journalist, uh, I probably would have done things very differently. But there really wasn't a goal in mind. Um, just fine. I was, I was just like, I was just posting just like as a hobby. I just, I thought to me, it was just like this content was so insane. It was so bizarre. And I felt like people didn't really know what was happening and, and that I needed to share it and that people should see what's going on. That was just my thought process, but I never had this goal to, to become like the face of anti-wokeness and to, to, to get 3 million followers and, and, and for this to become such a massive and controversial, um, account. But so, so what was like the nexus of it all? Did you see something and say, this is insane that, I mean, I, I get it. I see these videos sometimes and, and you're literally going, I can't believe this person's melting down about, you know, having to pay rent or something. And, and <laughs> but like, what was it that you first saw that said, this is crazy that, that these folks on the left believe this? So it was COVID. Um, Shocker. Because, yeah. I, I think COVID really woke a lot of people up and I'm one of those people. Definitely. Um, I mean, I was always a, a Republican, but I never um, followed politics. Um, and then COVID kind of lost my job. Um, you know, I was locked in my house. I was, I was living in California, which was one of the worst states to be in during COVID <laughs> literally locked in my house. Unless you're the governor, unless you're the governor, it's okay. <laughs> unless you're governor, yeah. You could go to, um, what's that restaurant? Here? French laundry. Yeah. French laundry. Um, so, so literally did not leave my house for three months straight, um, with my family. And, you know, we, you know, my dad couldn't go to synagogue and, um, and I saw this happening, you know, we, my parents couldn't go to, go, go to work. Me, my siblings and I, we couldn't, we couldn't go to work. We we're all just trapped basically. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like, like what's going on here? Like now I, I don't have a job. Um, I'm trapped in my house. We can't go to synagogue. We can't go to the store. Um, they're forcing us to wear a mask. If we if we're lucky enough that we can run out and buy, buy eggs, like we have to wear a mask on top of that. Um, so I started paying attention and I created a Twitter account and started following the news and listening to podcasts and sort of um, catching up on what's been happening in this country. Um, and, and then I saw all those COVID videos. That's really what started it. It was like people basically idolizing Dr. Fauci. And I'm just like, I feel like this guy is not a guy to idolize. I, I don't know if something was telling me like, like really early on. Um, 
And then, you know, forcing two-year-olds to wear masks on planes. I'm sure you remember those videos. Yes. It was, it was just, it was, it was so, it was just so uh, shocking. Um, and I felt really that it was just, just really um, insane. And I was like, I'm just going to start sharing these videos. So it just started with COVID pretty much. So uh, as the handle suggests, libs of TikTok, right? Did you just say, I can't, like these liberals on TikTok are saying nutty stuff, like two-year-olds should wear a mask on a plane. I'm going to post this parent on a plane. I mean, what is that sort of the thought behind it? Yeah, it was, it was like a split second decision. I was just like, oh, I'm sharing these COVID TikToks. Um, you know, they're tick, they're TikToks and they're libs. So libs of TikTok. <laughs> but was there, there, but my understanding is at least initially for a while, there was no commentary. It was like, here's a parent, here's the nutty thing they're saying. And I'm going to take it, the video from TikTok and post it on Twitter. So the rest of you can see it. Is that, is that the, how it worked? Um, yeah, I would say that for an account my size, I have the least commentary by, um, uh, by a massive percentage from any other account. So when, when there is commentary, it's very, very minimal. And so, but again, is the idea just to take some outrageous thing on the left and say, I want the rest of you to be exposed to, I want you to see the nuttiness that's happening. Is that, that, am I interpreting that correctly? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> what was the, when, when the, what was the first video or, or, uh, tweet then, I guess we were calling them tweets back then. I think I still am. Yeah. Uh, that, that went nuts and you said, wow, this is more than just a hobby, something fun for me. Um, my first video that got a million views, I rem- I'll never forget. It was this guy singing about getting the vaccine, like how excited he was for the vaccine. And like a Disney, I think it was the Frozen tune. Um, so it was, I mean... It was, I just, it was entertaining and it was funny the way that people were, were singing about that, you know, while Americans were losing their jobs for refusing to get an experimental job. Um, so I thought that was, you know, kind of, uh, hypocritical and interesting to point out. So yeah, I just, I posted that video as my first one that got a million views. Um, a million views. Yeah. That's insane. And yeah. so, and, and were you, I mean, again, you, my understanding, you, you've, we're a real estate agent. You're posting these videos. When did you sort of be like, wow, there's something there. This is not just, this is not just a one-off video, but I have multiple. Was it somebody that reposted you? Was it, Hey, I've got three in a row. What was it that you thought, Hey, this is more than just a one-off. Um, I would say when, uh, I got some shout outs from Joe Rogan pretty early on. Yeah. That's, that's usually works. <laughs> <will do> <laughs> um, so he, he got me I mean, he gave me, he gave me like two shout outs within the span of a week. And I want to say I got, you know like, how he got to you? Was it, he just, someone sent it to him or did he randomly see you? I mean, what, what that's amazing, right? Getting Joe Rogan to amplify the account has got to be a game changer. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how he heard of it. I'm asking but, for a friend. I'm asking for <laughs> I would say I could put in a good word for you, but I've never actually spoken to him. No. I would like to, cause I want to thank him. Um, but I, I, I think he pushed me like over the hundred thousand follower mark and I never really cared about follower count for me. It was just like that people see the content. Um, but he got me like 60,000 followers within the span of like three days. (laughs) That's, that's when you, that's, there you go. That's, that's the, uh, the, the PSA for Joe Rogan. He'll get you 60,000 followers. And so did you at some point say I'm out of, I'm out of work, I'm sitting at home. 
Um, COVID's keeping us locked down. Like there's something here. No. So I actually went back to work. Um, I went back to work in, I guess this in the summer of 2020. Um, right. It was in 2020. It's, it's, it's feels so long ago. Um, I know. So I went back to work a couple months later and then I was just, I, I was just started doing this like at work, like on the side or, or just whenever I had time, um, in the evening and, um, and then I started, I was spending so much time on TikTok and I started seeing all this other content, like, like, you know, people forcing us to use their pronouns and crying because we're misgendering them and teachers boasting about teaching kindergartners that they could be trans and like doctors saying they're going to give kids like puberty blockers. And I was just like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. And no one was talking about it. So I started sharing those types of videos and, um, and that's when it really, it really started taking off, I think because of the shock factor. So no one knows your, your libs of TikTok, right? So you're walking to the office, selling property, doing whatever, and no one, does anyone know that that's you? No, <laughs> a couple family members and close friends. Um, but no, you ever, no. You, you ever have someone close to you be like, you're never going to guess this account that you should follow. And you're like, oh, I want to tell you it's me. <laughs> I actually have had that and uh, some, of my, <laughs> some of my, my, um, my, my dad had that, like some of his friends, he, t- he told me after that, like some of his friends would, would talk about this account and, and he didn't say anything. And then when they found out, they were like, what, how could you not have told us? <laughs> All right, guys, are you tired? Like I am of testosterone booster products that just don't work. Um, that's why I've got a great idea for you. If you try our sponsor, Eugenics Total Tea, you will get a sample. You get to try before you buy. That's the beautiful thing about Eugenics Total Tea is you get a complimentary sample when you text 231231 and the keyword Spicer, 231231 keyword Spicer. Eugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster has testophen, right? That will help you turn back the clock to help you bring out that younger you. Uh, but don't take our word for it. That's the beauty of like what I'm saying. Text 231231 keyword Spicer. You get a complimentary bottle and you get to try before you buy. Uh, you've got nothing to lose. All, everything to gain. Uh, and you can now go do this and get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. When you text the word plus, you get Nugenics Thermo X. That is their best, newest, and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose stubborn fat and get lean fast, especially around the holidays when we're maybe putting on a little extra because we're out a little more. Nugenics Total Tea can help you if you add that in. Plus, you get that bottle of Nugenics Thermo X. Such a great word right now. 231231 keyword spicer. Remember that texting enrolls you into recurring automated text. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates apply. Number one doctor recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey by IQVIA 2022. Were you intentionally trying to be anonymous? Did you not want to associate yourself with libs of TikTok? Or uh, was that just a byproduct of, hey, I named it this and I just didn't want my name in it? Yeah, it kind of like, I didn't really think about it. I was just like, you know, lives of TikTok. Like it's, it was just a hobby for fun. Like I had a full-time job and, and then, um, you know, when it started growing, which happened very quickly. So within, within a couple of months, um, I was getting so much hatred and, you know, all those yeah. death threats and, and, and those nasty DMs. And I was just like, 
yeah, I think I'll just stay anonymous. <laughs> um, and that's when I made the decision to really keep it anonymous. So it's interesting. Let me read you. I was in getting ready for this on Wikipedia. This is what it says. Libs of TikTok is a handle for various far right and anti LGBT. Uh, it, it just ends at LBGT. I thought there was like 18 more letters, but I'll yeah. leave that for Wikipedia. Social like, media like, accounts operated by you, a former real estate agent, uh, who uses the account to repost content by left wing and LBGT people on TikTok and on other social media platforms, often with hostile, mocking, or derogatory commentary. The accounts promote hate speech and transphobia and spread false claims, especially related to medical care of transgender children. But to be clear, from what you were telling me and what we talked about, you're reposting somebody else's material with very little commentary is that, that so it's fascinating they get they get really upset that you're exposing what they said yeah they they want to live in this bubble where everybody agrees with them and where um where only certain people see their content and i uh pop that bubble i guess <laughs> and <laughs> they don't know what to do about it and also i mean at the end of the day they 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 discredit themselves with their own content and that's really what triggers them the most is that I'm exposing that so so speaking of exposing at a certain point you get exposed tell me like what what was it like for you what was that first uh you know was it a knock on your door a dm an email a call that said hey we know that you are libs of tiktok We're, we'd like to talk about it we'd like to expose you we'd like to write a story on it how did that go so it actually happened. It was it was a holiday. It was the holiday of Passover, um, and I opened my phone after two days, and I had tons of messages from this person called Taylor Lorenz. I I didn't even know who she was. Were you always determined to identify the person? Was that like the most important part of the story for you? Um, it wasn't the well. I would say it was equally important with describing the power that this account has. Um, I think it's rare to see an account gain so much prominence so quickly and be shaping these narratives in such an effective way, especially against trans people. She had messaged me. She had called me in my cell, left me voicemails, um, texted me, DM me on Instagram, Twitter, all my email addresses. Like she came after me. <laughs> um, and she wrote like, she wrote as if it's like matter of fact. I, I remember like I saw it and my heart stopped. She wrote, hey, Chaya, I'm a reporter and I'm writing about your account lives of TikTok. And I was like, oh, my God, she knows my name. And um, <laughs> the first time I saw my name. But you don't I, sound, I, when you say it, you don't sound like you're excited. You, you know, a lot of people would say, wow, like I'm going to get some attention. You knew this wasn't going to be good, right? No. And, and, and I never like. I never planned on becoming like famous or anything. Like it's not something I ever wanted to do. Um, I probably would have still been anonymous if she wouldn't have done that. So walk me through this. She DMs you, she emails you, she says, hi, hi, I'm going to write about this thing. Where does it go from there? So I'm just like, um, I'm going to, I'm just going to totally ignore her, um, <laughs> which is what I did. <laughs> and then um, there is like, there was another account, this an, another person with the same name as me, who she was harassing also. And that person <laughs> reached out to me and she was like, do you know what this is about? Um, but 
I mean, I I will say it was the most chaotic week of my life. Uh, Hands down, it was, it was just, it was insane. And, and the, the scary part for me was I didn't know what, I didn't know what she knew. Um, I didn't know, like, did they track down like old schoolmates who have some kind of vendetta against me? Like, did they speak to, did they get like my, I don't know, like, I didn't know what they had their hands on, you know, like, did they, which pictures did they have? Like, I, I had no idea what this was going to be about. Um, and in the end, I think the article was kind of underwhelming. Like it was just like, okay, her name is Chaya. She lives in LA and she was a real estate agent. Like that's it. It was kind of lame. They didn't even have a picture. Um, <laughs> I know. So, so I mean, but yeah. You didn't, you, did you, so did you ever engage with her at all? Um, not then, but I did <laughs> months later, like she would reach out to me, like I'm writing a story because she has written many stories about me. Um, and then, so she would reach out for a comment for a story and then I would respond, you know, have some fun with her, drive her nuts. <laughs> so, so she writes this story, it exposes you. So all of your friends, to your point of your father's friends and colleagues, like they suddenly know, oh, Shia is lives of TikTok. Yeah. What was that like for you, number one? And number two is my understanding is that for people who aren't familiar, when you dox somebody, that means that you put out their name and address and personal identifiable information. She connected to your real estate license, which had your address, correct? Yeah. So she, so she showed up to a couple homes. What? That, yeah. She, she was knocking on a lot of people's doors in LA. <laughs> um, and anyone who, who the, the home was connected to my last name, like she went to quite a few homes and then knocked on neighbors. Doors. Wait, so, so just in other words, did she, I mean, this sounds pretty old school. I'm sure it was on the internet, but she kind of went down the phone book, if you will right? Looked at people who had your last name and knocked on the door. Yeah. And then knocked on neighbor's doors. Like, do you know if there are any right chicks who live around here? Like, yeah, that's what she did. Okay. So let me get back to the, to the nut of the question. You've been living in anonymity, posting this stuff on the side for fun, getting a kick out of it, growing a huge audience. And now suddenly you have people in your neighborhood and your family being, hi, what's going on? Um, What, what, what is the reaction and how does that work? So the reaction was incredible. I like everyone in my family was getting tons of messages like, wow, you know, you're, you know, Chaya is amazing what she's doing. Um, so my, like my, you must live in a very interesting part of LA. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm an Orthodox Jew. And, um, Orthodox Jews do tend to vote Republican. Okay. Um, my entire family is, are Republicans. Um, all of my relatives, pretty much everyone I know is Republican. Right. So, so it really wasn't like, it it wasn't that controversial. Like I will say most, everyone was just super impressed. Like people were, were messaging me and, and, and my mom and they, and they were just like, wow, like, we're so proud of your daughter. So, I mean, like she exposed me as being this like super based girl who like took on the woke and against child transitioning and against confusing children about their identity and sexualizing kids. Like what's not to like about that? (laughs) Okay. So you're, and, and so 
you're you're kind of like within your family and, and immediate circle, like a hero. Like God, I'm I'm so proud of you for for getting this out there and exposing them. I can't imagine uh, that it's all good though. So I mean, I I get a ton of death threats. Um, I've had to like that, that's the not good part. Times. Yeah, yeah, and I I I get. I mean. I was getting tons, I mean, tons and tons of hate mail um, to my email, to my home. Um, Some even like found my number. So, I mean, I think that most of them are just keyboard warriors, I would say. Um, There's only been a handful of times that I actually had to like involve the police and there was nothing credible. Um, So it's not like I fear. You know, the thing is, I, what worries me, Haya, in in this day and age, if this was twenty years ago, I'd say, okay, I do worry about the nut job. That it just takes one nut job to show up to your door, uh, or to go up to a family member, and that's the problem now. Is that it's 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 you got too many freaks out there that yeah. aren't that don't feel the concern about like oh, I'm going to get punished, or I'm going to go to jail, or whatever. I, I so I, I think it's it sounds very you're a very brave person for putting up with this. But do you ever worry about your own personal safety? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive, but so I installed a, a security system on my house, on my parents' house, um, and I mean I do I I t- I, I take self uh self defense training um yeah are you a krav maga are you a krav maga person with i didn't know if that i I, i've taken a a little but i'll tell you those israelis they know how to fight (laughs) yeah maybe i should look into krav maga i haven't done oh i i listen the the, i've taken taekwondo in the past i mean again this is all just uh i i would never associate myself with anyone who's good at it but i'll (laughs) tell you krav maga is a whole new world of self-defense and uh so I'll tell you, that's why the Israelis, they, they know what they're doing over there. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So just throw that out there. Um, but so what, what is, what is sort of, how does this all manifest itself? So you've gotten through this, it grows massively. You've got millions of followers now. How do you go, okay, this, there's something there and, and I can do something. So, so, so after, when was it? I would say it was like the end of 2022. I quit my job and I was like, there's something here. I don't know what, but I'm going to go at this full time. Um, so, and then I moved in with my parents cause I didn't have any money because <laughs> I quit my job. Um, <laughs> they were like, wait, what is here? Because you're doing well as a real estate person. Now you're going to tell us you're going to do something with this, but you're moving back in. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so that was fine. And then I, I kind of just like figured it out. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I think that a, a lot of people on the right have a problem with monetization. I don't, I don't know if we want to get into this topic, but um, the left seems to be very good at uniting with each other, supporting each other. Um, and they just, they have, they just seem to have so much money just being yeah. thrown around to them. And, and we know like a lot of this, their social media people are getting paid. Um, you have, whatever, we don't, we don't have to get into that. Like Soros, like pushing billions of dollars into these people. But, um, I mean, monetization is hard. I'm sure you struggled with it as well. I think a lot of people struggle with it. Um, but I'm able to, 
you know, I, I, I'm, I'm able to, uh, basically to live now. Um, I do this full time and, um, I think like Elon's Twitter rough share was amazing. Um, that's great. I have a sub stack. Um, and then I wrote a kid's book like you, like we yeah. discussed in the beginning. Where can people follow you on Substack? Uh, livesoftiktok.com. Okay. Livesoftiktok.com. Okay. Yeah. And, the, and the name of the book? It's No More Secrets. And that's on lottbook.com. Lottbook.com. Okay. Well, I, I, I appreciate everything you do. That, Like I said, the beauty of what you do that I think is so awesome is you literally just take their own words and put them out there, their videos, their hypocrisy and expose it. And they get upset that people are actually listening to them beyond their bubble, which is what I yeah. think is so brilliant about what's happening now. And, and I, again, to your point, the beauty of all of this is that it doesn't take us trying to find a reporter that will talk about it. You've taken and grown a platform that exposes it without having to have the censorship and the filter of the mainstream media. Yeah. or even any other media corporation. It's just you. And, uh, yeah. and so I, I thank you for, for putting your voice out there. And I think it's yeah. so important. And uh, I hope people follow you. Thank you for sharing thank your you. time with us. Have a uh, happy Hanukkah and, oh, thank uh, you. and a happy new year. Yeah, thank you. You as well. All right. You know what I take away from that conversation with Haya? The need for independent media. I said it at the front. That's what I take away is the, the big issue here. We can't trust them. They, there's a story in NBC put out about why it was okay to dox her, to put out her home address, to tell people where to go. If there was anybody else on the left, they would be outraged. How dare they do this? They should be sued. They should be banned, da, 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 da. But because we're exposing her, and what is her crime? Her crime is telling you what the left and the media really think, giving you them in their own words beyond the little bubble that they want to live in. That's what she did, and that's what they hate. Pretty unbelievable, isn't it? But that's why it's so important that we support shows like this. And I agree with her. The left does a great job of supporting each other. George Soros will give you a boatload of cash. We need to support each other. Tomorrow, as I said, Steve Bannon's going to be on. He's got that wildly popular show, War Room. He's going to talk to us about everything that's happening in the presidential race, who he thinks. I'm going to ask him who he thinks should be vice president, what he thinks about the RNC, everything that's happening. You're not going to want to miss that tomorrow. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing. Remember to hit that notification button on YouTube or Rumble. Go to Spotify and Apple. Give us a five-star review. Please continue to share. It's so important. Thanks for all your support of the sponsors. Um, can you continue to text me? 571-441-4991. Join our VIP group, seanspicershow.com slash VIP. I'll see you back here tomorrow on the Sean Spicer Show.